to Freedom to Choose, brought to you by Just As I Am Ministries, giving hope to people caught in the devastation of addiction. In this series, Questions I'd Like to Ask God, Rich Kallenberg shares 10 messages about God who loves you more than you can imagine. A God that wants you to understand Him. And yes, a God that welcomes your difficult questions about Himself and the way He runs His universe. Rich found freedom 18 years ago from his out-of-control life of drug addiction and alcoholism when God found him. Break free from the chains that may bind you or your loved ones. Now here's Rich on Freedom to Choose. This is another, I I need to apologize first. These are very graphic pictures, but the reason we're going to show them is there's there's a definite purpose for these pictures, and you're going to understand here in about 10 minutes. But what I want to illustrate is these guys, these people, these guys and girls, have been on methamphetamine. This is what the drug does to the outside, okay? It's what it does to the outside. If this is what the drug does to the outside, what is it doing to the inside? Are you with me? Okay. Now, Satan's business is destruction. That's what his business. God's business is what? Restoration. Creation and restoration. The devil's business is destruction. Okay? If we keep this in mind, we're able to answer those questions. We can get the answers to the questions that we have all the time. Jesus came to restore, right? This is three and a half years later. Look at The drug has made a mess of this woman, okay? If this is happening on the outside, what is happening between the years? This is 10 years. From there, each year, they took a picture of her until finally, coming down to the end, she is blind, no teeth. She's all done. The poor thing is all done. This is what the drug does to the brain. This person lost 11% of their brain being on the drug. I'm sure all this has a purpose, and I'm sure you're, you're, you're understanding that. But this is what the drug, this is a 5% loss, this is a 3% tissue loss, and this is, uh, you can see there's very little tissue, original tissue left. That's That's a brain on methamphetamine. Okay? Uh, One of my favorite books is a, a book called Ministry of Healing. Okay? And when she's talking about dealing with the intemperate or dealing with people that have problems, addiction problems or whatnot, I want you to listen to this advice because it's very, very good advice. She says, plant in their minds uplifting, ennobling thoughts. Does that make sense? Okay. Let your what? Life make it plain to them the difference between vice and purity, darkness and light. In your example, let them what? Read what it means to be a Christian. See, these people that, that are intemperate, you may be the only Bible they get to read. Are you with me? Christ is able to uplift the most sinful and place them where they will be acknowledged as children of God, joint heirs with Christ to the immortal inheritance. Wow. Did they come? Did they fix David? David had a different kind of addiction, but he still had an addiction. But God fixed him, didn't he? 
This is another addict, 1981 to 1993. The devil's business is destruction. But this is a special person here because God is in the business of restoration. This is my wife, Susan. And as you can see, the devil is no match for God. The devil is no match. God is good at what he does. And so I want to invite my wife, Susan, up here. She's going to share her story with you. You know, when I was um, in kindergarten and the teacher asked, what do you want to be when you grow up? I didn't raise my hand and say, I want to become a three-time felon in and out of jails, institutions, and almost die because of drug abuse. But that's exactly what happened to me. Um, I was sexually molested at a very young age, and it occurred over many years. And the one way that I found um, that would give me relief was I began to steal alcohol and cigarettes from my mom and dad. And when I, I, I drank or when I smoked, I felt different and I felt better than what I was feeling because I had this deep, dark hole inside of me, and I just needed to not feel the pain that I was feeling. So I continued to make choices and decisions and go down a road further and further from what God intended for me to go to. I got to the point where um, I just kept making bad decision after bad decision, and, and the drugs got, you know, got stronger and stronger. And so by the time I was in high school, I was using cocaine on a regular basis. And, uh, you know, when you're not working, you're stealing and doing everything you can do to, to manipulate to get the drugs. And, and that's where I ended up. And my first arrest was when I was 18 years old. And um, I ended up in jail and I didn't even realize how I got there because all I thought was I'm just a person trying to make it through life. I'm just trying to deal with the pain that I have. And I got arrested and I ended up in jail. Um, from that point on, I was released. And you know what? I, had, I, was, I was already too far gone at the age of 18. And I continued down that path of destruction. I eventually got into um, meth methamphetamines. And all I could think of was after my arrest is, why won't they just leave me alone? Isn't it my body? Isn't it my choice? Can't I just do what I want to do? If I'm killing myself, what difference does it make? It's my life, and I just want to be left alone. Well, I did a geographical, and I moved because I just thought, you know what, if I could get away from Lincoln, get away from the probation officers, get away from the cops, if I could just move away, um, everything would be okay. And I ended up going to Hawaii, and I lived there for five and a half years, because I thought, you know, the further away I got, the better it would be. But guess what? I took myself with me. And it just got worse. Nothing got any better in Hawaii. It just got worse and worse and um, got into, into other drugs and, and everything. And then I decided, you know what, maybe, maybe I need to come back to the mainland after five and a half years and I'll start all over again. But guess what? It, I brought myself with me and it just got worse and worse. And at um, a few years later, I was headed to state prison, and um, I had got arrested not too far from here, and uh, I was in jail, and I called my dad, and I said to him, you know, I'm so sorry for what I've done, because at that time, he was the mayor of Lincoln, and um, he said, you know what, Susan, I just want you to get well. I just want you to be free. I want you to be healthy. And uh, I got out of jail, and you know what I did? I went and I used again. 
See, I wasn't sorry because I was sorry. I was sorry because I was got caught. And um, I went out and I started using again, in and out of institutions, just tried to stay clean. I had the opportunity to go into some rehabs, and you know what? Nothing worked. There was just no hope for me. And I finally went in front of the judge, and he said, there's nothing more that I can do for you. You're just going to have to go back to jail. And I went back into jail one last time, and um, a lady came to me, and she said, Susan, why do you keep doing what you're doing? I said, I don't know. Ever since I was 10 years old, I've been getting and using drugs. It's the only life I know. And she said to me, can I pray with you? And I said, okay. She prayed with me. I don't even remember what she said. All I know is that from that point on, I've never had the desire to use drugs again. And that was 16 years ago. So, um, you know, my, my life was a life of destruction and no hope. By the time I got into jail the last time, my hair was falling out. My teeth were falling out. I had to have been 20, 25 pounds lighter than what I am today. I was at death's door. I was ready to die. But you know what? I invited God into my life, and he's restored me. So I knew that changes had to be made, and one of the first changes I had to make was I needed to get rid of the person that I was seeing because there was just no way. I knew that if anybody was not going to quit using drugs, it was this man, and I had to cut all ties with that life. I had Everything had to be new. And so I called him, and I said, it's it. It's over. And he said, oh, I've heard it before. You know, I'll never bring it around you. And I said, no, no, no. I'm done. I'm going to live now. God's changed my heart. It's different this time. And uh, I got out, was released from jail, and went back to where I was living. And he came one day, and I said, Rich... If you don't leave, I'm going to call the police. And he left. So I left. He left. I left. Did. Yeah, she, they, she pulled one on me there. So I left, and uh, I went home and took inventory. And all I can remember, and it's like looking down a very dark tunnel, all I can remember is lying face down on whatever bed I had, screaming at the top of my lungs for God to help me. Screaming. Top of my line. And instantly, he, he took the obsession to use the drugs away. Now, I would like you to think back on Lazarus when he said, Lazarus, come forth. Come forth, Lazarus. I had given up on myself. I was dead, literally, physical, all done. And somehow, some way, God called me and said, come out of that grave. You're a new person now. I said, wait a minute. She said, it's, gonna be, it's simple, but it's not easy. It's real simple, but it's not easy to get well. And that's the only thing that stuck in my mind, was it is simple, but it's not easy. But God has made things so simple. Remember our question, what is freedom? What is freedom? So Susan and I began making good memories. And we didn't have any good memories, so we had to make them all. You understand what I'm saying? And we were not young anymore. We were not young. No. <laughs> we were not young at no. all. I mean, you know, I mean, some of you would say we were young. but <laughs> And so we had to start all over making these memories. 
And once again, what we want to illustrate is, is the devil is no match for God's power. The devil is no match for any of that. But it's that still small voice that God uses to get a hold of us. It's that it's going to be simple but not easy, but I'll be with you the whole time. When God tells us that, we can believe it. It doesn't matter what we're going through. It is simple, but it's not easy. It's not going to be. this. And we're going to talk about why it's not easy in the next couple of nights. You have to come because we're going to just expand on what God's job is and what the devil does to stop what God's trying to do. And this battle that's going on behind the scenes. And the more we understand this, the easier it is for us to understand God and understand our position with God and our relationship with God and what he's trying to do in our lives. And it becomes more and more abundantly clear that God is not that cop in the rearview mirror trying to get us in trouble. We're already in trouble. We are already in trouble. And he's just trying to help us. So we started making good memories, but there was a problem. There was a problem. Here's what the problem is. And someone tell me if this is not the case with any, any of you. When he has said these things, John 11, 43, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. Lazarus, come out. The man who had died came out, his hands and feet bound with linen strips, and his face wrapped with a cloth. Jesus said to them, unbind him. Let him go. Could this man unbind himself? No. No way. Who gave the command? Who did he command? His friends. His friends. We need friends. Do we not need friends? We need friends to help us to get out of those grave clothes. What are those grave clothes? Well, it says unbind him. So he's bound by something. He's bound by something. Do you remember the movies? Do you remember the movies? We all have them. We all play them. But some of us make horror movies. Do you understand what I'm saying? We make horror movies. We sometimes prophesy or we mind read. Do you know what I'm talking about? I know what you're thinking. You too. I don't know what you're thinking, but see, sometimes we do know what people are thinking, we think. Are you with me? And so we say, I'm not going to go talk to that person, or I'm not going to go get involved with that person because I know the way they think, or I know what's going to happen. And we make horror movies about every aspect of our lives. That's very dangerous. Making horror movies is a bad habit. It's a terrible habit. These are the grave clothes that we need to be unbound with. And there's many different, those grave clothes come in many different forms. Many different forms. We're all walking bundles of habits. What are those habits for? What are they? They're a reflection on how we've exercised our what? Freedom. What is our question for tonight? What is freedom? Our habits are a reflection on how we've exercised that freedom. If you get a lot of tickets, 
when you drive, you have exercised your freedom in a very bad manner. You with me? Our bad habits or our good habits are a reflection on how we've exercised our freedom. God has given us freedom. We have a free will. We all know it. And yet, the only record we have on how we exercise our freedom is our habits. That's the record. Okay? So what's our question for tonight? What is freedom? What is freedom? And the answer is... Are those as, the answer is pink shoes. Are those as pink on that screen? Are they radioactive pink? I mean, they are pink, right? Yeah, they're not that pink on this screen, but I mean, they are radioactive. My friend Sergio, these are his shoes. And Sergio used to live right up the road from us, okay? And one day he came over, and he came in the house, and he's milling and bebopping around and stuff. And I went out the house, and I opened the... Uh, Opened the front door to go out the house. I looked down and I saw these shoes. I got to get a picture of these. So I took a picture of them and I shut the door. Okay, and I went back in and I started looking for somebody with no shoes on. And here was Sergio, right? So I say, hey, Sergio, what's up with the shoes? He says, well, they were really comfortable. And they're really inexpensive. And I bought them just to wear around the house. Okay, well, number one, you're not around the house now, Serge. Okay, but he says, you know, it's interesting that you, you mentioned that. Because the other day I was in Walmart and everybody was staring at me and I looked down and I had the shoes on. Okay, the point is this. The point is this. That's the way we are with habits. We think that we can exercise our freedom at home, in the privacy of our own home, in a different way than we do out in public. You know what I'm saying? Those habits are going to end up in Walmart. They will. And that's, once again, what is freedom? Freedom is not having those pink shoes on. You with me? That's what freedom is. Freedom is not to have to worry about the pink shoes. You can go anywhere. And you are totally free. You won't embarrass yourself or anyone else. You won't have regrets because there's no pink shoes. Anger resentment. These are all grave clothes. These bind us. Even though we've come out of the grave, we've come out of the tomb, he's rolled the stone away. He's freed us, yet the grave clothes still need to be unloosened. And we can't do it ourselves. We need help. And Jesus needs to direct that help. Are you with me? Anybody rushed all the time? Anybody always late? My wife's nickname is the late Susan Collenberg. It's a, it's a clash of the titans because what happens is, is it, for me, if you're, you're early, you're on time, and if you're on time, you're late. Anybody? I got some nodders there, okay? That's how, that's how it is, right? That's carved in stone. Not with her. She's running wire to wire. But, so we're getting the victory, especially going to airport. Oh, man. I like to be there early. Three right? hours early. Three hours. <laughs> Why sit around the house and then have to rush to the airport? You know what I'm saying? You could sit at the airport and do everything you can on your, on, your, on your iPad anyway. Why do it at the house and then rush to the, you know, like not get caught in traffic? Anyway, so we're trying to come to a happy medium, but it's taken a while. You know what I'm saying? Anxious. 
being anxious, grave clothes, terrible grave clothes. God does not want us to live anxious, rushed, or with a critical spirit, resentment, anger, crushed from the cares of this world. Anybody crushed right now? You know who you are. What is freedom? It's freedom from this grave clothes. It's freedom from this stuff. It is simple, but it's not easy. I uttered a three-word prayer for three months. God help me. When I got clean and sober, I would call her up. She said, I can't help you. Just pray. God will help you. He came in the right time on his own time, and he did what he does best. He restores. It is so important that we understand that that's what his job is, and he does that the best. Because when we ask, when we have these questions about God, if we have this foundation that that's what he does and that's what he wants to do for you, he does not want to see pain inflicted on you. We do have to, we're going to get behind the scenes in the next couple of programs, okay? And we'll talk about which ones are coming up. We'll get behind the scenes on what is really going on and why bad things happen to good people. Why God allows this stuff to go on. We will nail it down. We will nail it down. These types of things will choke out all these grave clothes, all of this stuff, and we all know which slot we all fit in. Me, if you're wondering, right there, right there, and right there. I've still got some grave clothes to deal with. Anybody got any still on? Yeah. Okay. These will choke out what God is trying to cultivate. Can, do you know that God is trying to cultivate you right now? He's doing everything he can. He allows certain things to happen to you, and he doesn't allow other things to happen to you because he's trying to weed your garden, if you will. This is a weedy garden. Can you tell where the... This is Susan's winter garden. I use her a lot, don't I? Poor thing. The late Susan Collins. This is, this is our winter garden. Okay, now notice the shadows there, okay? You see where, how high the sun is? Now notice the difference in exactly one hour of weeding. See, if we get that stuff out, this is what God intends for those plants. But it takes effort, doesn't it? It takes effort. What is freedom? Does freedom take effort? Freedom isn't just letting it all hang out. It takes effort to obey the traffic laws. It takes effort to watch what comes out of your mouth. Because we're in a war. We've got somebody that's trying to change the way we are. And he likes nothing more than if we follow him, then he will, then he will claim his right to destroy us. We don't want that. God is not the destroyer. The devil is. The great, and you know what? Here's the wonderful part, and we can always remember this. God will not manipulate. I mean, sometimes we'd like him to go in there and cross a few wires, don't you know? And make everything all right, make everything go away. He won't do that. Why? Because we're free. That's what freedom is. Freedom, freedom from manipulation. God doesn't want a bunch of robots. Would you prefer your children to be robots? 
Sometimes, I don't know, maybe. <laughs> huh? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, everybody said, yeah, that's, hey, that's not a bad idea. No, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> and God won't be a prison warden. He will not be a prison warden. If the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. Freedom from all those grave clothes, all that stuff. The Bible says, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. Now, I want you to look just for a moment at the big picture. No matter what's going on in your life right now, if you can zero in right now on the big picture, okay? This is the big picture. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. What does Jesus say? I go to prepare a place for you. Is that a definite? Okay? That's a definite. Do I love my neighbor? Do I love them? Can I feel his pain and his need? Thank you for listening to Freedom to Choose and this series, Questions I'd Like to Ask God. If you or someone you know is living in addiction captivity and having trouble finding God, Rich and Susan Kallenberg are living testimonials that God does work miracles. They've created a seven-step, biblically-based handbook and a recovery workbook to move those you love toward freedom. If you'd like to order the Addiction Recovery Workbook for yourself or someone you know, just give them a call and they'll send it to you. 916-645-1297 or go to justasiamministries.com as a nonprofit they're supported by people like you 916-645-1297 or justasiamministries.com thank you for listening and remember you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you